0: It's Monday, June 6th, and you're tuned in to the Cleveland Baseball Talk Podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynes, a, a good weekend in Baltimore. The Guardians take two out of three. Uh, really could have taken the, the uh, you know, swept the series if they uh, had, had figured some things out on Saturday. But uh, the, the thing that really jumps out besides the rotation pitching really well, uh, for the most part, is Andres Jimenez, uh, the, the, the weekend he had the series he had the, the last, you know, week plus that he's had, uh, he's been on a roll.
1: Yeah, definitely. Joe, uh, you know, hit hit a big three run Homer, uh, Sunday and you know, the, the, Zach police in the bullpen made it stand up. He hit the, the home run came in the first inning and, uh, you know, on Saturday he reached Utah street with a home run, uh, got a plaque on the street and, uh, you know, so he's hitting eight straight Joe, uh, Hitting three sixty-seven over that that stretch, three home runs, nine nine RBIs, six runs, and Sunday he hit fifth for the first time. So you know uh, Terry Francona's shown a little confidence in him.
0: Yeah, that's the that's the thing. He wouldn't have hit that home run in the first inning uh, had he not been moved up to the the fifth spot in the order, and and uh, really the. The Guardians needed that that sort of boost because Josh Naylor was getting a day off, and uh, you know the Framil Reyes hasn't been in the lineup and hasn't been around. He's been on the injured list, and, and you know where's that power and, and that support behind Jose Ramirez supposed to come from? Uh, Andres Jimenez is the guy who's who's been taking advantage this year. Uh, I didn't realize it, but looked up and he's batting with runners in scoring position. He's hitting four thirty six this season. And, you know, bases loaded 333, you know, basically, basically just runners on base. He's, he, he becomes a different hitter than we saw all of last year. And, and really he's a threat to drive the ball out of the park at any time.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, he loves, he said he loves hitting in Camden Yards. He hit his first uh, big league home run there in 2020 with the Mets. And I guess those good vibes were uh, continuing this weekend. Because, uh, you know, he didn't play Friday and uh, I think he had four hits in the series, two home runs, uh, four RBIs, uh, just, uh, you know, he's really kind of, he's, uh, Joe, I think he's a fixture in the, in the middle infield, whether he plays short or second, you know, from this point on, I, I you know, I, I don't, I mean, and I think he's, you know, kind of established that well before uh, that statement.
0: Yeah. yeah. Even before this weekend, I think he's, he's sort of worked his way and played his way into it. And it's, it's good. You know, this is a guy who doesn't go out there and he's not, he doesn't blow you away with the metrics or the, you know, the, the look or whatever he, he looks just like a, sort of a mild mannered quiet sort of, you know, guy, you know, he, he he sneak, he sneaks up on you that way. I mean, Ahmed Rosario, he's, he's a big dude. He, he runs, you know, real hard. You see that out of the box. the, the the ball jumps off his bat it sounds different coming off of Rosario's bat but Jimenez is sort of sneaky he, he you just don't realize that you look up and all of a sudden he's hitting 436 over the last you know 15 games
1: yeah he's uh, it's a, he's an interesting player you know especially after he, how he kind of broke in last year you know they gave him the shortstop job as everyone knows and uh really didn't perform really didn't swing the bat uh you know through june uh, i've been mean, through april and uh, got sent down in may kind of looked overmatched to be honest joe and you, and you were wondering you know what is this the guy you you, you really get in in uh, in the francisco lindor deal but now uh you know i think he's got his feet on the ground he's uh he's a lot more confident i think he seems happy here he's playing every day and uh you know we're starting to see a real ball player here
0: yeah, I think the confidence really is the the big thing. You touched on it right there. Is as long as he's confident going out there and and knowing what he's doing, I, I think he's he's going to be effective. And he's what this lineup needs. Whether he's batting in the bottom third of the lineup or he's batting right there, you know, just trying to protect and 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 give some run production uh, behind Jose Ramirez and Owen Miller. Uh, I think either way he's he's contributed up and down the lineup this season so far and that's a really good thing now I want to talk about this this home run onto Utah street he hit this ball what Saturday yes yeah, Saturday lost Yeah,
1: 418 uh,
0: feet 418 feet now you have you've seen some some pretty good shots there out of uh, left-handed hitters for uh, for Cleveland over the years at Camden Yards did did that ball remind you of anybody else's you know home run or blast from the from the past
1: you know that's a good question i you know i am wondering you know kippness hit one like that you mm-hmm. know a couple a few years ago uh so it kind of reminded me of that Tommy, like i think smash he may have hit the uh the warehouse the warehouse yeah. Pounce, you know uh but uh yeah i, I would say kind of it, it reminded me of Kipnis' home run whenever that may have been yeah, I think
0: uh I think Carlos Santana had one maybe like 2010 2011 somewhere in there. Uh he hit a a, a blast out that way as well. Uh but yeah, it's been uh it, it it's been a a a land of plenty out there on Utah Street for uh uh Cleveland infielders to to be able to hit uh balls up there. I uh, had I I'm not real familiar with the setup out there is it What's the what's the visual like? Have you ever been out there on
1: Utah Street and seen and looked into the park that way? Well, I've I've been out there uh, and walked the street. You know, it's, they've got little plaques where the home runs have hit. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got the name and the date on there. Another another uh, Cleveland infielder, Sdrubel Cabrera, hit one there. Uh, hit one over the wall there. So. Not not somebody you would expect to
0: to, to hit a ball four hundred you know plus feet up there into. The-
1: no, and you got to get it over what there's a 21 foot uh, scoreboard out there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you you got a lift and launch on on the on those uh <laughs> so it's kind of uh but it's fun. It's a fun atmosphere that you you know, you've got the warehouse there. You've got uh, Boog Powell's uh barbecue uh, stand set up out there. So, yeah, it's fun.
0: Yeah, I might have to go check out the uh the barbecue setup just uh being the barbecue aficionado at, at every road city that we travel to now. Uh, speaking of home runs and, and fences and walls, uh, you got your first look at the uh, the Great Wall of Baltimore. What, what did you think of uh, the dimensions of the park out in left field now that you've seen it?
1: Well, there was only one ball hit out there. You know, uh, Austin Hayes, I think, had what a two or three run homer. Really against uh, Tristan McKenzie on Saturday, which ended up, you know, kind of being a decisive uh, hit, and uh, he it, it, that was a that was a shot that got out of there in in a hurry and it, it traveled a long way. But it, it's definitely changed the um, the nature of the ball club, the way the I mean the way, way the ballpark uh, plays. You know, uh, I was talking to uh, you know some of the some of the players uh, and the research uh, the club did on, you know, the new dimensions of the park everybody's playing about 11 to 10 feet different. All those left, those left fielders, they're playing different, uh, you know, um, Kyle Hudson, the outfield coach, you know, mm-hmm. said it broken down and, uh, really didn't come into play, but it's it's a lot bigger, you know, I mean, uh, uh, Steven Kwan looked like he disappeared out there. <laughs> you, couldn't, you couldn't even see him out there. He was so far, he, you know, he was so deep in the outfield and, uh, you got to cover some ground out there. Now you've got to you. You have to have some speed to play there. You know, Quan did a nice job on on a couple balls yesterday. Cut off a uh, a double that kept uh, the uh, Rugnet O'Dor at, from scoring. He kept him at third base, and it made a nice uh, you know kind of coming in on a on a Trey Mancini liner when the uh, police act got out of a jam in the fifth.
0: Yeah, I I found it curious that the first night the first game that they played in that park. And granted there was a lefty on the mound but he puts Ernie Clement out there in left field what you know that's I don't know if that's more of a compliment to Ernie Clement that that Tito's so confident that he can play anywhere and just do anything defensively that he puts Ernie Clement out there but I think Ernie had a nice running catch up against the uh down the the line on the the yeah. interior wall there uh on on Friday night. I, To me, that new dimension, that new sort of extra however many feet, 18 feet or however many they they added on there, uh, it's not as much about going back on balls that are going to go over your head to the wall. It's more about being too deep already and having more balls drop in front of you. So that could be another advantage. I'd be curious to see how many soft liners throughout the season get, get turned into hits for Baltimore and favor them that way as opposed to saving runs that go over the fence the other way.
1: Yeah, that's a great point, Joe. And, and in that regard, uh it kind of reminds you of Coors Field. You know, that, that outfield is so big in Coors. And you know, visiting teams, I know uh when Cleveland ever play, always plays there, you know, you they 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 almost fear the the balls hit in front of the outfielders more than the ones that are, you know, driven out of the ballpark
0: yeah at, at that point you're playing in cores it's like you might as well play shallow because balls hit over your head have a better chance of going out of the park than they do you know burning you th- the other way so uh yeah it, it it's just i just think you know 30 years into a park's existence and you're changing the dimensions that drastically something something doesn't feel right about that to me that just that it's feels i guess it's more than more than like gamesmanship it's something else i whatever it it uh, I, if they decide, if they ever decided to move the left field wall at, at progressive field back 15 feet, you know, that's it. I'm tapping out. That's that. that's
1: that would take an undertaking. They'd have to, uh,
0: major construction. Yeah. You're
1: not kidding. Man. There's, have a par- to... there's a parking garage underneath. <laughs> <you>. <laughs> they don't have too much room back there. They'd have to, what's that street? Is that Larry Doby drive or Eagle Avenue? Eagle they Avenue. Have that's to the one
0: you gotta do away be, with. Totally man. deconstruct. You 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 you'd talk about the the scoreboard itself. So who knows? Uh, very interesting. Uh, you know, thoughts to ponder there. All right. Uh, there's you know a, a lot of injury updates uh, in in terms of the rotation. Uh, we know that Aaron Savali was supposed to throw a bullpen back here in Cleveland while the the team was out on the road in Baltimore. Uh, what's the next step with Savali?
1: Yeah, I think uh, you know just talking to. Uh... Francona, uh, Terry Francona about the bullpen said it went well. And he said when they get back to when they get back home, I guess today, obviously, they would, you know, kind of set a course for the for uh, Savali's next step. I don't know if he's going to have to play. You know, they usually it usually goes what, Uh, you know, bullpen, you know, bullpen session, simulated game, some kind of simulated game. Then a rehab start. You know, Mm -hmm. his last start was when Joe against uh, against against Detroit. Detroit, right? And on the, the 20th, May 20th, so May he's 20th. eligible to come off
0: uh, after 15 days. He's eligible to come off the the injured list, but uh, obviously there's there's going to be rehab starts and assignments before that. Uh, the, the trouble, I think, right now is you've got uh, Akron and uh, Columbus both off today and then starting road series uh, for the next week. So, you know, depending on where either of those two teams are at, it could be where Savali makes his next appearance. Yeah that's- uh it you know you're hoping it it's something like uh Indianapolis or um uh Toledo if if it's Columbus then you know he doesn't have to go too too far.
1: Yeah I wonder would they uh I wonder if Lake County's at home if if they would uh if they would do that maybe I don't I don't know but they probably want him to face a little stiffer competition I would think. Yeah
0: something like that uh would be would be interesting and we'll find out from Tito you know, obviously, what the the next step for him is. Uh, they're they're at Indianapolis. Columbus is at Indianapolis uh, this week, so we'll uh, we'll see what they they open a, a six game series on Tuesday, and we'll see if he travels out there or not. Uh, as far as Framil Reyes, I think uh, Reyes stayed back as well. He uh, has you know no real update or on, on progress with his hamstring. Uh, but like we said, Oscar Gonzalez, if he continues to hit out there in right field, uh, it makes it a little more comfortable for uh, Reyes to to take his time getting back.
1: Yeah, Francona, you know, gave a positive update on uh, on uh, Reyes, not a detailed one. Said he stay back, like you said, Joe, in Cleveland, I was working with strength coach Joe Ke- Joe Kessler. Uh, you know, trying to get the hamstring ready. I think working on his overall bodies conditioning. Um, and, uh, you know, this, I think we're looking at another rehab here, you know, because what, what Joe, if he's a hamstring, no matter if it's slight or moderate, you look, you're working, you're looking at, you know, four to six weeks, I would think. Yeah, definitely. So, and, and
0: even more than that, when he comes back and he's healthy, then he's got to get himself, you know, get himself right at the plate. And that could, that could take uh, a couple of games too.
1: Yeah, so you know, I I don't. It it just doesn't sound like he's on. He's on the radar. I think Savali's a lot closer to you know rejoining the big league club than 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 Reyes. I could be wrong, but that's the impression I get. And we've seen James Karinchak
0: get about twenty to twenty five pitches in two uh, minor league outings this past week. Uh, You know, the results and the numbers aren't exactly glowing, but I don't think that that's what they're going by right now. I think it's more get him up there and get him, you know, feeling right on the mound before you start looking at, you know, is he getting guys out?
1: Yeah. They were happy with his velocity. Uh, you know, the, like you said, the results weren't pretty, uh, gave up a couple runs in his last Saturday night, but I don't think they were his runs because he didn't give up any hits. He maybe, you know, after he left the the runs came in. Um, but, uh, you know so you know I, again this is a guy that's going to have to go through a, a you know basically a whole spring training so we, we, you know he 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 like re, re, uh, Reyes is is a ways away yet right yeah it's uh if if he didn't give up any hits that means he
0: walked a bunch of guys to to put runners had two on walks base. had two walks so <laughs> also also not ideal uh but overall right now the rotation looks like it's starting to snap into form you, you had Shane Bieber uh, come out on Friday and pitch a gem. Uh, Tristan McKenzie, although he's been, you know, snake bit by the home run ball, you, you really kind of, you've been living with uh, Tristan McKenzie giving up home runs because he's been hitting his spots and he's been so good, you know, they might get one or two solo home runs off of him. It was just uh, on Saturday they they got a couple of runners on base and 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 got to him that way. You got to be... You know, pleased with what mckenzie has been able to give you over his last you know months worth of starts prior to Saturday's outing.
1: Yeah, I mean, what a, what a weird line! Uh, what seven and a third, he gives up three hits. All, they all leave the ballpark, and he gives up five runs, two solos in a in a three run homer. And, and you lose five to four. And uh, it's just the way, you know, that's been going. And, you know, the his, his previous start, he gives up two solos against uh, Detroit and loses two to one. So, uh, you know, and the guy's, he's still pitching well. Uh, you know, he's still, you know, really, he looks dominant on the mound, except, you know, he's got to keep the ball in the park and he's got to get a little help from his friends.
0: Yeah. And, and the only thing is, you know, we, we've seen him over the last couple of weeks or so, He's very confident. He knows what he's doing. I, I, I like that he's he's responded the way that he has even after the disappointing results of the last two outings. Uh, it, it, he's got the makeup right now of uh, you know a top three starter in the league in, in terms of a rotation uh, to, to just go out there and give him the ball and, and get out of his way. Uh, do we have any updates on uh, Austin Hedges? Because Luke Malley wound up catching two games in, uh, in Baltimore. Uh, I know that he's McKenzie's personal catcher on Saturday, but he was also in the lineup on Sunday.
1: Yeah, um, you know, they Hedges said he could have started uh, Sunday, uh, but Francona, you know, talked to him before the game and just said, "Look, you know, we're kind of reaching for something here that probably we don't have to. Let's take another day and reevaluate things uh when uh the team gets back to Cleveland. You know, Hedges seemed confident he would be back in the lineup tonight. Uh, but you know, Joe, this—he's got a strained hip, uh, left hip. He's got something going on with his left hip. Did it uh, beating on an infield single in the in the eighth inning Saturday, then left that game. Uh, and you know, you you can't mess around with catchers. You know, if, I think if this thing continues to linger you're going to have to make a move because you can't have one healthy catcher. And even though Ernie Clement might be the emergency catcher, I don't know if anyone has told him that. So I, <laughs> okay. I, I think, you, you know, you know, Hedges has got to be, a you know, he's got to, if, if he doesn't start tonight, you know, the red flags go up. It all,
0: it all goes back to Ernie Clement, his ability to to, <laughs> to play anywhere at any time. huh? That, that, that would be interesting. Yeah. All right. Uh, the Guardians and the Rangers, Texas, open up a three-game series tonight at Progressive Field. Uh, it'll be Cal Quantrill uh, going again for the uh, the Guardians. You know, run support wasn't an issue in his last start, so let's uh, let's see where where things take him this time.
1: Yeah, what he wins eight three against Kansas City, does a great job. Geez, you know, Joe, if you look at his game logs, I mean, he's pitched he's pitched so much better than his record. It, it's scary, you know, and yeah. just like uh Tristan, you know, I give those guys credit for uh, you know, keeping a straight face and you know, kind of, you know, you know, plowing the road and and not, you know, kind of throwing a hissy fit. They're just uh they've done a nice job. And I think they know, you know, they're pitching. Well, you can only control what you can control, but I mean, both those guys, you know, they could have went, you know, they could have four five, six wins back,
0: back in the day, uh, before social media, before Twitter and videos of, of everybody, you know, talking every time if, if pitchers like that would have back in the old stadium would have, you know, pitched their rear ends off and their, their offense is not giving them anything. Uh, it, it would have been totally different they would they those guys would have been melting down in in front of you uh post game uh talking about you know how they can't get a can't buy a run and and how the offense isn't giving them anything
1: yeah those Rick Sutcliffe uh Bert Blylevin, lenny Barker, the clubhouse would have been ripped up you <laughs> you would have known they were upset and they would have told you they were upset.
0: And it would have been all a show for the offense, for all the hitters. That's exactly right. (laughs) Would have flipped a couple of tables so that the hitters knew. All right, Hoinsie, we'll be back with you again tomorrow here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Thanks, Joe.